The game industry is becoming increasingly digital only. With more and more games not getting a physical release, it's clear that digital is becoming the preference on both the side of the producer and some consumers. This isn't much of a surprise considering the convenience of digital games, and there's not much we can do about it. With both Microsoft and Sony bringing out a more expensive physical edition console, I wouldn't be surprised if the two game giants cut out physical entirely next-gen. This does pose a bit of a risk. With poor decisions from game publishers, the use of DRMs, and games disappearing from online stores, it's not a stretch to say that a reliance on digital media means we'll lose access to games, both the ones we've bought and the ones we want to buy. Welcome to the Gaming Companion Podcast. I'm Becky. First, let's talk about game publishers. Uh, specifically Ubisoft. They are far from the only publisher that makes bad anti-consumer decisions, but they are one of the most vocal about it. Around mid-January 2024, Ubisoft executive Philippe Tremblay talked about the future of subscription services in the gaming industry, and what it would take for them to become more profitable than they currently are. His verdict was basically gamers need to get used to not owning games in order for subscription services to take off. One of the points that he said that stuck with me was as people embrace that model they will see that these games will exist, the service will continue, and you'll be able to access them when you feel like. That's reassuring. I personally don't find it reassuring, as the game continuing to exist relies entirely on Ubisoft, and this is the same for any other video game subscription service. Movie and TV show streaming has already gone down this route of removing content, and then that content just isn't available anywhere else. This episode is going to be the first entry into a multi-part series on the discussion of video game preservation and owning video games, so I'm going to go more into detail into streaming services in a later episode. For now, I'm going to continue to discuss Ubisoft. This is far from the first instance of Ubisoft being involved in discussions about video game preservation. Back in summer of 2023, Ubisoft came under fire for a little misunderstanding about their account policies. Long story short, people thought Ubisoft was closing down accounts that hadn't been used in a while, and that people would lose access to their games. Ubisoft released a statement saying your games would be safe, in which they said, We've seen the discussion around inactive accounts and want to clarify that players will not lose access to purchased games or DLC due to inactivity, whether on PC or console. Now this is all well and good, and the whole drama was pretty much swept under the rug, but it did bring to light another one of Ubisoft's weird decisions. If you buy a Ubisoft game, you have to make a Ubisoft account to play it, regardless of where you bought it. Which leads me to the next point of discussion, DRMs. If you're not already familiar, DRMs are digital rights management. It's basically copyright protection or anti-piracy. Theoretically, when you launch a game, or any software for that matter, with DRM integrated into the code, it pings an authentication server to see if you have access to use it. If you bought the game, the authentication comes back positive and you can play it. But practically, it doesn't really work that well. Ubisoft has what I'm going to refer to as Launcher or Login DRM. This means that unless you log into Ubisoft Connect, usually through Ubisoft's own launcher, you won't be able to play the game. This ties in with their online-only DRM, which is, as it sounds, a type of DRM that needs internet access so it can ping for that authentication token. If you don't have internet access, you can't play the game, even if the game itself is single-player and should be fully offline. 
Just a little anecdote, I have been playing a little bit of Far Cry 6 lately because it's on PS Plus. I don't have my console wired to the internet and I'm quite far from the router, so with my shoddy Wi-Fi speeds it takes at least a minute just to finish booting up the menu screen. Epic Games also has this launcher and online DRM on some of its games as well. The downside of these DRMs is that if the servers go down, or you don't have internet connection, or in my case it's pretty bad internet connection, or you don't have any desire to create another account in another launcher, you can't play the games you've paid for. Servers going down is usually a temporary thing, especially for Epic Games when any big Fortnite event happens, but even temporarily being unable to access what you've paid for is not a great feeling. And what if it's a more permanent shutdown? If these companies ever do go down, what happens to the DRM? Does it cease to ping for authentication and just let you play the game? Or is it forever held captive by the DRM companies? Besides those launcher DRMs, the other most common DRM on the market today is Odetto's Denuvo, a DRM package that also comes with DRM Anti-Tamper, a fancy add-on that protects the DRM itself from cracks. I'm going to discuss Denuvo and the rumours of the performance impact it has more specifically in the next few episodes. For now, let's focus on what it means for video game preservation, or even just being able to access what you pay for. Back in 2021, multiple games protected by Denuvo at the time were unplayable for at least a weekend, for the sole reason that Odetto itself had issues with the domain links to its authentication servers. Odetto weren't exactly forthcoming on exactly why the domain went down. Just a few days later, there were some instances of compatibility issues with the 12th gen Intel CPU chip, something that had at the time only just come out. Both of these issues were of course temporary, but as I said, temporarily being unable to play your games isn't great when the issue isn't your fault and there's nothing you can do about it. The domain issue in particular shows that even in the case of a failure on the DRM company's part, the game will still be unplayable. If Odetto's servers go down for a longer time, what happens if they're unable to fix the issue? The best case scenario I can see happening is the developers taking matters into their own hands and removing the DRM from their games. In any case, it shows that in the case of DRM, our ability to play the games is out of our control. When talking about video game preservation, it's not just the games we own that are at risk. This is similar to what I was saying about subscription services. If the game is no longer available anywhere, where do you get it? There are at least two instances of games being removed from online game stores for reasons out of the consumer's control. There are obviously a lot more examples, but these are the two that matter most to me. The first is the Lego Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, which were removed from sale sometime after they were released because of copyright issues with the Tolkien estate. This is a bit of an interesting scenario for me because the games were already out, but the publishing company didn't keep up with the licensing. I personally do not understand the copyright regulations behind this and why it wasn't just a one-time payment. Anyway, the second example is Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which was removed because Nintendo wanted to generate fear of missing out by making it a limited time deal. These games are no longer available through the online stores. While they were given a physical release, it does show that if the industry becomes digital only, we will completely lose access to games in similar situations. Thank you so much for listening, this is the end of part one. As I said before, this will be a multi-part series covering the topic of video game preservation and any tangents of it that interest me. If you have any experience or opinions on the topic, feel free to let me know. If you're listening to this on a platform that has comments, you can leave a comment. If not, you can send me an email at thegamingcompanionpod at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to keep up with the discussion and I will see you next time. Bye!